Welcome to Northwest by Night, Tales of the West Coast. Since the 1980s, British Columbia has gained a reputation for being Hollywood North, with hundreds of movies and television shows filmed around Vancouver, the Lower Mainland, and the coast. But where did it start? I'm Kim Bannerman, and today on Northwest by Night, I'm going to chat a little bit about the first movies made in BC. So what exactly was the first movie ever made? I mean, not just here, but anywhere. You'd think that that would be easy to pinpoint, but nope. Because 75% of silent films from before 1930 have been lost forever due to poor storage conditions, unstable nitrates in the film stock, or even purposeful destruction to salvage the silver image particles from the emulsion, there's simply no way to know which movie was first. But we do know that the first filmmakers were enthusiastic about adapting books into films. There were hundreds of adaptations, like Trilby and the Little Billy, which was adapted from Du Maurier's novel Trilby in 1896 or The Death of Nancy Sykes, based on Dickens's novel Oliver Twist, which was adapted in 1897. Both of these aren't exactly movies. They're more like a moving scene from each book. They don't have plot lines or character development. More like a stage performance, recreating a still picture. But in 1902, George Millet was inspired by Jules Verne's novels From the Earth to the Moon and Around the Moon to create his famous silent film A Trip to the Moon, which is also frequently named as the first science fiction film ever. Edison Studios followed soon after with Frankenstein, which was filmed in 1910. Hiawatha, the Messiah of the Ojibwe, was shot in 1903, and it was based on Longfellow's famous poem, The Song of Hiawatha. It had a cast of Ojibwe First Nations people and is considered to be the first dramatic narrative film to be shot in Canada. It was also considerably longer than most productions of its time, clocking in at an impressive 15 minutes. Most films were around 3 minutes. So that brings us to 1921 and the action-adventure movie The Conflict. It would be the first major production filmed in British Columbia. Priscilla Dean, a celebrated actress of silent films, starred as Dorcas Ramale, a society girl who's forced to live in the wilderness of Oregon with her evil uncle and his wicked housekeeper. Edward Connolly, a character actor and stage actor from New York, played the evil uncle, while Martha Maddox played the housekeeper, Ms. LeBeau. The movie was billed as a stupendous sensation of the Northwoods. Like I said, the story took place in Oregon, and the movie was filmed around Cranbrook, thereby starting a long tradition of swapping a Canadian location for an American place. In August of 1921, the movie producers dammed the Bull River with logs. For the movie's dramatic climax, they then blew it up with dynamite, as the heroine fled from the torrent of water and logs set free by the explosion. For the audiences of the 1920s, it must have been an amazing sight. The New York Tribune claimed it was the biggest thing in river scenes ever screened, full of pulsing action. The next year, in 1922, producer Louis B. Mayer sent cast and crew to BC to film Hearts Aflame, which they claimed was, quote, the first super picture filmed in British Columbia, unquote. This silent melodrama film would be directed by Reginald Barker, and it starred Frank Keenan, Anna Q. Nilsson, and Craig Ward. 
In Hearts of Flame, a retired millionaire lumberman played by Keenan sends his son John to Michigan to salvage some logs. While there, he meets a beautiful young woman named Helen, who owns a vast amount of uncut timber. He falls in love with her, but she refuses to sell him the land unless he consents to replant the trees. Meanwhile, an unscrupulous land dealer tries to trick her into selling the land without any provision. When Helen refuses to sell the land to anyone, the land dealer bribes a local man into setting the forest on fire. If he can't have it, no one can. The millionaire's son and Helen must rush to take a logging train engine loaded with explosives to a nearby ridge, which they blow up to stop the fire and save half the forest. The retired millionaire then agrees to replant the forest, plus lend Helen any amount of money she needs, and gives his blessing for her marriage to his son. Romance, action, explosions, who knew timber deals could be so thrilling? Now, you might see a bit of a theme here. Film was a new medium, and everyone wanted to push the envelope when it came to gripping action and nail-biting suspense. Environmental protection wasn't much of a concern, and neither was the health and safety of the actors. The filming of the final scene for Hearts of Flame didn't exactly go smoothly. In order to create the forest fire, a six-acre plot of ground was soaked with 700 gallons of gasoline and set on fire, and in the scene, Nilsson was required to drive the locomotive through the flames. Once the fire was set and the cameras were rolling, wild animals began to rush out of the bushes as they tried to escape the fire, including wolves, deer, and one poor, terrified bear that apparently rushed the cameraman. As for Nielsen, she was severely burned around her neck and shoulders, and it required a week for her to recuperate. Craig Ward and the cameraman Piercy Hilburn, who was filming from an asbestos cabinet built onto the side of the locomotive, were also injured. At this point, you might be asking how you too can watch a copy of Conflict or Hearts Aflame. Well, like I said before, the majority of silent films have been lost, and that includes these two. During most of the 20th century, U.S. copyright law required at least one copy of every American film to be deposited at the Library of Congress at the time of copyright registration. But the Librarian of Congress wasn't required to retain those copies. Martin Scorsese's Film Foundation estimates that more than 90% of American films made before 1929 are lost with the Library of Congress estimating that 75% of all silent films are lost forever. Early sound films haven't fared much better. Of those made from 1927 to 1950, about half have been lost. The majority of these were intentionally destroyed. In the early 20th century, films were considered to have little future value when their theatrical runs ended, and when the silent era came to a close, silent films were thought of as worthless. They were often junked because people needed vault space for new releases, or thrown out when studios refused to reclaim their films. Even when they were reclaimed, they might not be saved. Studios could earn money by recycling a film for its silver content, or selling the film stock to scrap dealers. Some old films were cut up into short segments and packaged with small, hand-cranked 35mm movie projectors, which were then sold as toys. The movie posters for Hearts Aflame promised a forest fire so vivid you can feel the heat and that the fire and the drama it ignites are equally thrilling. But until a copy of Hearts of Flame is rediscovered in someone's attic or shows up in a garage sale, we'll just have to take their word for it. Well, that's this week's episode of Northwest by Night. Thank you to our sound producer, Sean Piggott, and we're closing off today with his song, Victoria, 
Don't forget to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you again next week.